This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If any of the kids want to come forward and help us sing, that would be wonderful. I know it's a lot, but it's just that time of year. Fish fries are kicking off this Friday. So we're going to do a series of three fish fries in a row this Friday. We could really use help with that. So please sign up if you're at all available to help either in the dish room, in the kitchen, in the fellowship hall, whatever you are able to do in helping, please sign up for that. Also, the Niagara Falls dinner, there's a clip we're going around for that for uh, food donations, but also we need help. It is absolutely a wonderful experience to go and serve in this ministry. And uh, the youth do it once a month, and um, they need people every Thursday to go and serve people from um, in the Niagara Falls area. Uh, so please consider that. Also, Trunk or Treat is one of the clipboards going around. They need lots and lots of candy. And we'd also like to encourage you to come out with your vehicle and decorate it all up and be a part of the Trunk or Treat experience. Another announcement is that there's a golf tournament next Sunday, October 16th, so check out the little good news for info. And also, while you're looking through your bulletin, there is an envelope in there for our mission moment today. Our mission moment is Student Day, and it's for United Methodist Scholarships. And what we do, United Methodist means that we're part of a really big connection of United Methodist churches. And so what we do is we contribute to a scholarship fund, and then the Methodist Church um, gives out scholarships to our people. And there have been several youth within our church who have received these scholarships for college. So I'd like for all of you to prayerfully consider giving to the United Methodist Scholarship Fund with, for Student Day today. So as we turn to worship this morning, let's turn to our Lord. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here together for the opportunity to worship you in a land that's free. We pray thanks to you for praising and singing and joy, and we pray that everything we say and do this morning will be uplifting to you. May we reflect your goodness, and may we be a blessing to you and to others. May we grow closer to you this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together, Oh, Worship the King.
please greet one another with the peace of the Spirit. Nice to see your smiling faces today. All right, all right. I have to show you this. I was I was given a special gift today. Do you think I should open it? No. You don't think so? Somebody said yes. Would somebody like to help me open it? Oh, you said no before. <laughs> Who else would like to open it? Who really wants to? Oh, I see this guy right here. So, so open this up and tell me what you think of it. Take it out. <laughs> Go ahead. Pull it out. There. All right. What'd you get? <laughs> what do you think? Is this a good gift? <laughs> no, you don't think so? W would you be disappointed if you got this for your birthday? I know, I know there are some people, though, who would be really pleased to get this gift. I was thinking about the people down in Haiti today. Do you think maybe they might like this gift? Yeah. Have you ever been stuck in the bathroom without this gift? Yeah, it can get ugly, right? Yeah, so sometimes one person's disappointment is another person's joy, right? All right. <laughs> this is something we should be thankful for, right? What else are you thankful for today? Raise your hands if you want to share. <laughs> my family. My friends. My friends and family. My mom and my dad. That's you. Dad. My toilet paper. Yes. <laughs> this man gets it. Yeah. Everybody? Okay. All right, let's pray together. Lord, we do thank you for our family, our friends, for all the blessings you give to us, even toilet paper. We thank you that you give us so many blessings and that you love us so much. Help us to remember to be grateful even for the simple things that you give to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can go out for I can't top the toilet paper <laughs> thankful moment, but here's my thankful moment. I'm Kelly Putney, and my husband Dan and I have been members of Pendleton Center for 15 years. We are members of this church, but I should really say that we are members of a family, the Pendleton Center family. Today, we're so thankful for two things. First, we are grateful for the love and prayers of our church family this past week as Dan had his shoulder surgery. 
It was wonderful to feel surrounded by you and to know that you were lifting us up in your prayers to our Heavenly Father. You were also the hands and feet of Jesus here on earth as you provided meals, desserts, calls, text messages, and friendship. We feel blessed to have your support, and we are blessed to be able to support you in your challenges. Secondly, I'm thankful that this church family gives each of us many opportunities to serve, lead, volunteer, and fellowship with one another. Through these opportunities, you use your gifts for the glory of God, and you become a part of this family. I would encourage each of you to become involved in at least one ministry here at Pendleton Center, whether it's a Bible study, a youth ministry, a music ministry, or something else. Being a part of a small group is really one of the best ways to become connected to each other and to our God. The countless hours that Dan and our twins, Katie and Jack, have spent in this place are truly some of the best times we've spent together as a family. I sincerely believe that our involvement in various ministries are a part of us feeling so much a part of this church. So here's my shameless plug. I'm also the director of our chancel choir and our, up I'll stop crying now, <laughs> and our upcoming Christmas cantata. So I would ask you to consider being involved in the Christmas cantata. Choir rehearsals are on Wednesday nights and are just 45 minutes long from 7.45 to 8.30 in the choir room right off the entrance. And we start this very Wednesday, October 12th. And we need instrumentalists for the orchestra. And we have just a few Saturday afternoon rehearsals here in the sanctuary and then our dress rehearsal in December. So please see me if you're interested. This is a busy, active church with lots of ministries, from Bible studies to missions to music. And I'm forever grateful that my family is here. Kelly, and as we reflect on just how good God is, let's return our gifts, highs, and offerings to the Lord.
we thank you and we praise you for your many gifts to us. And we offer back to you a small portion, a reflection of our love for you. May these gifts go out into the world to transform the world into your image. May your kingdom come. Amen. Please be seated. This morning as we come to the Lord in prayer, we want to remember those who are going through the hurricane um, and the, the really uh, mess of um, that entire area and people that are still going through it. And because of all the displaced people now with their homes, it's going to be a long time in mending that. Um, we also want to pray for our country. Another mess. It's a mess. Um, so, sorry. <laughs> it's just, wow. Um, so, yeah, pray for our country. So, um, we've got some big changes coming, no matter what happens. So, let's come to the Lord in prayer. Lord, you are a good and a gracious God, our Redeemer, our Sustainer. And we trust in you and we love you. Yet our hearts are troubled in so many ways. There are things on our hearts. We pray for those who are going through this hurricane, have gone through this hurricane with people losing their homes, all of their belongings, even losing people they love. We pray that those people will be lifted up by a faith community showing your support and love toward them and may they in turn find your peace and comfort. We pray for those in mourning that the brokenness in their heart, the emptiness will be filled with your joy and your peace. We pray, Lord, for families. We pray that the brokenness will be mended Forgiveness will happen, that we look upon one another with love, with your eyes. Draw us closer to one another as we grow closer to you. Help us to remember what's really important and fill us with your love. Lord, we pray that you will mend our families. We pray for our country as we are in turbulent times, that we will make good and wise and godly decisions. Give us godly leaders. Convict our nation, Lord, for putting things above you, for going astray. May this nation turn toward you and with a repentant heart, and may your will be done. Help us to trust in you for all things, knowing that no matter what happens, in our nation, that you are in control. And we will trust in you. Lord, we pray for our nation. As all the violence that is happening and all the, the brokenness, may your peace and your presence wash over this nation. May we again turn toward you. We pray for this world that is struggling with so much violence and, and war and people displaced and refugees and we don't know what to do to help. But Lord, we pray that you will help us to be a blessing. 
Help us to be the support needed. Help us to be part of your will in changing the world in your name. That your peace and your love and your mercy will come. We pray for our youth, for our young people, as they go through school. We pray that you will surround them with people of faith, giving them mentors and shepherds and keep them going on the right path. Convict us all, Lord, when we go astray and show us the right way to go. May we be known as people of mercy, people of love, people of forgiveness, people of healing, as we are filled with your grace. We thank you, Lord, for the healing you are doing in our families, in our nation, and in our world. In your name we pray. Amen. Now let's hear from the word of the Lord. Today's scripture lesson comes from 2 Samuel, chapter 6, verses 17 through 19, and chapter 7, verses 1 through 16. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of the Israelites, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. <coughs> After the king was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in the house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. But that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says, Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. 
Now I will make you make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so they can have a home of their own, and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore, as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and, you're, and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offering to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Bill, for sharing the scripture with us this morning. I have to tell you that I have a friend, and he has this saying that he used to use to express his philosophy of love. He would say, always expect the worst, and then you'll never be disappointed. Always expect the worst, and then you'll never be disappointed. And it seemed to me like kind of a sad way to look at life. Always to be looking at the negative and never hoping for the positive. And I think his sad attitude caused him to struggle with some depression. Or maybe he had depression that gave him this negative attitude. Either way, I tried to encourage him to have hope, and especially to have hope in the Lord. In Isaiah 49, verse 23, the prophet says, Those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. And I do believe that that's true. But sometimes we do struggle with that same negative attitude and experience that same fear of disappointment. You know, those times when you think maybe you're the next one in line for the great um, job promotion and then suddenly someone else gets it. <clears throat> or maybe that time when you've been working really hard on a project, you can see it forming, you think it's going to be perfect and all of a sudden it collapses before your very eyes. Or maybe you buy a beautiful new car, a lovely new home, only to find out that they're a lemon or a money pit. And then there are times when we trust someone with a secret, and all of a sudden they're sharing it around as hurtful gossip. Perhaps you give your heart to someone, and then they betray you. All of us face these kinds of disappointments. And so did these little birds in this video.
birds. <laughs> you feel like that sometimes? Maybe you're depending on somebody else and they don't come through for you. Or maybe your sights are set really high on cupcakes and life just brings you worms. It can make you reluctant to try anymore, can't it, when you keep on getting disappointed. During this sermon series this week, or over this past month, we've been looking at the life and times of King David to see how he handled some of our same fears and disappointments that we face. In today's scripture, we find David in Jerusalem, and he's just brought the Ark of the Covenant and settled it into its tent in the center of the city. The Ark was a large decorative box, about three and three-quarter feet long and about two and a quarter feet wide, and it's about the same depth. And it was something that God had commanded Moses to make 400 years before David was born. I have a picture of it here. It was made from fine acacia wood and overlaid with gold, and its lid was solid gold. And on the top were these two mighty cherubim or angels with their wings outstretched towards one another. And God promised to meet with the Israelites, to meet with his people, in that space between the cherubim. Now inside the box were three very special articles. The first one was the walking staff that Aaron carried, uh, Moses' brother Aaron carried. And it was special because one day it suddenly bloomed in a miraculous display of God's power. Secondly, there was a container of manna, and that was the mysterious food that God had rained down from heaven to feed the Hebrews while they were wandering around in the desert. The manna showed God's loving provision for his people. Third, there were the stone tablets, the very stone tablets on which God had inscribed his law. With his own finger, he wrote out the laws so that people would know how they were supposed to live in relationship to God and to one another. So you can see why the Ark of the Covenant was very, very special to the Israelites and to King David. It had been captured by their Philistine enemies for a while, and then it ended up coming back to Israel. So when David brought it into the city and set it up in its own special tent, there was this great celebration. David made sacrifices on the altar and gave gifts to all the people, and then they went home. And King David went home to rest in his palace. But after he had settled in, David began to think about it a little bit more. Here he was staying in this beautiful palace while the Ark of the Covenant was staying in a tent. And somehow that didn't seem right to David. And so he began to envision this mighty temple that he could build, a house for the Ark of the Covenant, a house for God here on earth. Wouldn't it be wonderful to do this? And then too, maybe David began to think about how people would praise him for doing such a nice thing for God. The prophet Nathan was David's closest advisor. And when he heard about David's plan to build a house for God, he was, he was all for it. He approved. After all, David was a man after God's own heart. He could sing and write songs. He was the one that was chosen and anointed by God to be the next king. He went out and he killed the giant Goliath, and then he went on to slay tens of thousands of his Philistine enemies. And again and again and again, God gave him victory 
And oh, by the way, did we tell you? He was really good looking, too. So Nathan said to David, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, because the Lord is with you. So David went to sleep that night, stars in his eyes, wonderful plans in his mind. And sometimes we do have great plans. We might even think we're doing something good for God with those plans, only to find out that our plans are not God's plans at all. Or we may make those plans to do something, but with the wrong motives in our hearts. Was David making plans to build the temple because it was something God wanted? No. Had God called him to that task to make a temple? No. Maybe it was just a purely human plan. Maybe it was even a plan to make himself look better, to boost his own self-esteem. And you know what happens when we make those kinds of plans? We fail, and then we're disappointed. As we were figuring out this sermon series about David, the pastors were each asked to pick out one or two common fears that people had to use as fun as illustrations. I mean, the kind of fears that would seem unreasonable to most folks. For instance, we use the, the unreasonable fear of thunder and lightning, or of certain numbers, or of confined spaces. And the fear that I chose several weeks ago to go with this sermon was a fear of clowns. We all know somebody who has this unreasonable fear, something that makes them uncomfortable when people are dressed up in funny clothing, oversized shoes, colorful wigs, and painted faces, and a big red nose. And I had this great idea that I would actually have somebody dress up as a clown and hide behind the door for when I would open it up today. And wouldn't you know, in the past week or so, our nation has been plagued by this onslaught of really creepy clowns. I mean, really creepy, and they're really scaring people how could I possibly have a real clown jump out from behind the door, even if it was meant to poke fun at an unreasonable fear? By having a real clown, I might really scare some child or might cause some adult to do something violent. And so I couldn't do it. So instead, I had to think of something similar, but a little different. So here's what I came up with. And this is my attempt after my disappointment. Here we go. Who could possibly be afraid of that? You know, this sappy, happy, dopey, sort of a bozo kind of a face. I hope nobody's afraid out there. Sometimes things happen, even to our best laid plans. Sometimes we're just disappointed. I thought I had a clever idea, but it just wasn't meant to be at this time. And that's what happens to all of us in life at times not just with silly clown illustrations, but with really important things in our lives. Sometimes we're really striving for those cupcakes, like those baby birds, but instead we get worms. And it might take us a while to realize maybe that sweet cupcake isn't really the best thing for us anyways. And what we really need is the nitty-gritty protein that comes in those worms. Oh boy, those cupcakes sure look good. King David thought he could reach really high and build a house for God. 
He thought he could do something great and gain praises both of God and of people. But God spoke to him through his prophet, Nathan. Nathan went home that night and had a vision from God come to him in a dream. And he came back and he said to David, this is what God says. No, no, you will not be the one to build my house. And there were several reasons that God gave. First of all, God had never dwelt in a house that was stationary. He had always made his dwelling in a tent that could travel around with the people of Israel as they traveled. And so why should that change now? And besides, God reasoned, have I ever asked you or any of your leaders to build me a house made out of wood? No. That's not what I've required of you. That's not what I've desired. Don't be putting your words and dreams into my mouth, implied the Lord. And then God went on to remind David of all that God had done for him. He says, I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all of your enemies from before you. How could David refute God's reasoning? He couldn't. And it must have humbled him a bit. God had always provided for David. God had lifted him up from being a poor shepherd boy to being a king and destroyed all of his enemies. How could David ask for anything more? Perhaps David was genuinely disappointed that he would not be the one to build a temple for God. And God, who sees into the hearts of all people, could look into the heart of David and know what was really in it. Because then, God softened the blow of disappointment that David was feeling. Not David, but his son, his son Solomon, would build the temple a place for the ark to rest, a footstool for the throne of God here on earth. Not only that, but in verse 16, God promised to build an everlasting household, a family for David. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. David's son would build a house for God that one day would be destroyed. We know the first temple was destroyed. The second temple was destroyed. It wasn't permanent, even though they thought it might be. But God would build a house, a household, a family for David that would be eternal. We know now that David would be the ancestor of Jesus Christ, whose kingdom is without end. How do you suppose you would react if God told you that you couldn't do what you really wanted to do for God? Would you feel disappointment? Maybe even some anger, some depression? Would you feel jealous if God gave your dream to somebody else to fulfill? How did David react when God told him no? If you read a little farther down in the scriptures, we see that David bowed down before God and prayed. He said, who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family? that you brought me this far. 
How great you are, sovereign Lord. There is no one like you. There is no God but you. What a great reaction. David realized the dream of building God's temple was not for him to fulfill. But he could help to prepare for the building of the temple. And so he would gather materials and artisans and craftsmen and laborers. He got together stone and gold and costly tapestries and precious woods. And it would all be in place to help David's son create a beautiful house for God. He could have gotten bitter towards God and angry with the son who would inherit his dream, but he didn't. He was willing to share the glory with the son so that God might be better glorified. When David was older, he recited this precious legacy to his son. It's recorded in 1 Chronicles chapter 22. David said to Solomon, my son, I had it in my heart to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. But this word of the Lord came to me. You have shed much blood and have fought many wars. You are not to build a house for my name because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. But you will have a son who will be a man of peace and rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side. His name will be Solomon and I will grant Israel peace and quiet during his reign. He is the one who will build a house for my name. He will be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. You see, God wanted a man of peace to build his temple. It would be a place of quiet refuge, a place for prayer and worship, a place to offer sacrifices and praises to God. David, I think, understood that. and He swallowed his own disappointment so that God's will could be done. At the same time, he kept his relationship with his son intact. His relationship with God remained right, and his relationship with his son remained right, too, because in the long run, that's what really matters, isn't it? That's what matters the most. Loving God and loving others. The fear of disappointment can paralyze us or it can redirect us to find and to seek and to do God's will for our lives. The choice is ours. We can complain. We can get bitter. Or we can look some more and listen some more. We can count our blessings. And then we can go forth to do the will of God. Amen. Lord, my life is in is my heart would you fill me up I'm face to the ground 
Jesus and in God's will. That's our reward. The great reward.
Sometimes we'll try to reach for the cupcakes when we shouldn't be. Sometimes we'll be handed worms or maybe toilet paper instead. But through it all, even though we make mistakes and even though we don't always follow God's will, we know that if we repent, if we turn to him and come back and ask for forgiveness, God is always willing to forgive us. And so today I ask that you would pray with me our prayer of Gracious and loving God, we know sometimes we fail to hear your call, to obey our duty, to really listen to your voice. And so sometimes we're disappointed. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to start over. Help us to listen, to be filled with your spirit, and to be obedient to your plan. 
Help us to be faithful disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hear the glorious good news. God loves us, even though we are sinners, and proved his love for us by sending his Son into the world to live and die and be raised again for each one of us. And so I can say to you with confidence, in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and have breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection. You gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread and he gave thanks to you, Father Almighty, and he broke the bread and he said, this is my body, which is broken, given for you. Eat of this often, remembering me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks to you and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you, poured 
out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of this offering, remembering me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by this blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Now as confident children of God, redeemed, forgiven, let us turn to the Lord, praying the prayer he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Will those who are serving come forward, please?
Come to the table. Let's celebrate the Lord.
you go out this day, look closely to where God is calling you. Listen and hear the voice of God. Know whether you're supposed to be reaching for cupcakes or hanging on to the worms. Whatever it is, go out and do God's will so that his name might be glorified. And this I give to you. May God's peace rest upon you as you serve him always. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.